The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hi, everyone. How you doing? This is Anthony Cazenza with SB Nation, CincyJungle.com, and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. We're coming to you at a little bit of a different time because we have a very special guest and a very special interview that we are very excited about, and uh, we are very excited to have the incomparable Anthony Munoz Hall of Fame offensive tackle with our program. Mr. Munoz, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I appreciate you carving out the time. Uh, I know I know you're uh, a very busy man, and especially uh, this uh, the, over these next couple of weeks, you are also the color analyst on, on the TV broadcast, if I if I remember correctly. So um, I know I know they've got their uh, their their first game on Thursday. So I'm going to kind of go back, start back a little earlier in time in, in terms of my questions, and then kind of lead up to training camp, if that's okay with you. Um, your, your thoughts on Marvin Lewis's return, because I think a lot of fans as the off season got here two two straight losing seasons, fans were kind of disenchanted, uh, with Marvin Lewis, the team did start strong and instead of making a change at head coach, they kind of made a change, changes elsewhere. So your thoughts on Lewis returning and if that's an overall positive for the Bengals as we head into 2018. Yeah, it's interesting you ask that. You know, first of all, uh, I think a lot of us were surprised. I think uh, you know, after 15 years, uh, you know, they had a nice run. And like you said, the last two years weren't what the, the previous five or six were. So I think a lot of fans were surprised that he was retired. But then again, you know, they did finish strong two wins at the end of the season. They looked really, uh, too, I mean, looked extremely good. I mean, so it was a surprise. But I think when, when uh, you know, when Coach has been around,
So I think if we get that offensive line going in the right direction, I think it is heading in the right direction. So you you mentioned the assistant coaches. Obviously, Ter- Terrell Austin is now the defensive coordinator. Frank Pollock's kind of been the uh, I guess the, the the big name in terms of uh, true change. You, you mentioned you went to an OTA practice. Now some some vibes out of training camp have been uh, you know overall positive. I guess are you are you sensing that the changes you know Marvin still Marvin's still there. Um, are you sensing that maybe the changes that are needed overall in terms of the team to get back to the playoffs and through the playoffs are going to occur because of guys like Pollock and Austin and, and Paul, you know, you know, Paul Alexander probably very well from his extensive time with the Bengals. So, um, you know, are are you sensing a a real big change at least from this spring and summer at those various spots? I am, you know, I'm one that comes from a different angle as far as coaches. I think a head coach is only as good as an assistant coaches. Uh, you look at all the coaches that have been successful, you know, your Bill Walsh's, your Bill Belichick's, and, you know, those type of guys, and you look at their, their assistants, and all they talk about are the coaching trees. I mean, all the guys that leave from being assistants to becoming head coaches. And, uh, you know, you have to, to be fair and, and give the assistants their due because they're the guys that develop guys. The head coach oversees things. He runs the, the show, but it's the assistant coaches that really develop the, the, the individual position guys. So for me to say, you know, it was a surprise to have Marvin, but the thing that should be exciting is now you have six new assistant coaches. Huge on the ball after we lost, uh, you know, Zam as the head coach of the, the Vikings. I don't think things were as aggressive as they were with, uh, mm. you know, after Sim left. Now you have Austin, the word is, you know, he's a smart guy, very aggressive in what he does defensively. And that's what we got used to here with uh, the Bengals defense, with aggressive, get after it, come after you. And I think the same thing holds true for the offensive line. I think that's one of the things we've lacked is the aggressiveness, you know, attacking people, being violent with your hands. And that's what Frank Pollock, that's what he had. And in Dallas, and, you know, he had some pretty good players in Dallas, but that's what he teaches. You know, you look at the, kind of the offensive line, Bill Callahan with the Redskins, he does a lot of that. And Bill Callahan was kind of a Jim McNally, you know, understudy, and a guy that I played for, Jim McNally. And that's what, you know, what Pollock brings. So, yeah, I believe if the new assistant coaches that Marvin has, it's going to be a big difference. And I, I, you know, I've gotten to know Frank. I've seen him work, and that's what excites me. And I think, you know, Again, I didn't know a whole lot about Cordy Glenn in Buffalo, but I hear he's very talented. Uh, I like what we have in the middle now with Billy Price in center. I know we've been having some struggles with the exchange here at camp. That will be, you know, really ironed out. But uh, I think the guard position is very strong. Not only with the two guys up front, but then the two guys uh, that are probably buying for the team. And then I guess the, the tackles are the big question. You know, you have a couple guys that were drafted one or two, four years ago with Fisher and Abwehi, but then you bring Bobby Hart over from the Chiefs from Florida State, you know, four years ago. So uh, I think out of all that, you know, all those guys we have, I think uh, I'm waiting to see what happens here in the development of those young guys. So, yeah, I, I'm a firm believer that, again, I'll, I'll say it again, a head coach to me, in my humble opinion, is only as good as his assistant coaches. And, you know, my 13 years here, I had two of our head coaches, Forrest Gregg and Sam Weiss, and we had some amazing assistant coaches, you know, guys that really took guys to another level once they got them on this level. 
Talking with Anthony Munoz, Hall of Fame, Bengals offensive tackle. This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Appreciate the time, Mr. Munoz. Um, We'll talk a a tiny bit more about the offensive line in just a second. But, um, you know, I I kind of alluded to the fact that some of the news out of Bengals camp has been pretty positive. And it seems as if the offense has, um, and part of that is the offensive line, like I said, but I, I think part of that is, there seems to you. You kind of touched on the fact there's an increase of uh, availability and talent at the skill positions and whatnot. Are you are you buying into because the the Bengals just recently let go of Brandon LaFell? Are you buying into the talent of the young guys as they try and take the next step in 2018? And uh, are you buying into kind of this positive hype so far that we've been hearing about the team in uh, training camp? Well, I think that the positive hype from the guys that are, are producing in camp. I think when you see guys like Cody Core and Josh Malone and, you know, Alex Ferguson and you know, Tyler boy, you see that they're very talented and I think it, I think it is going to be time that they step up. But an unknown commodity is out there and then it's, just, it's John Ross. I mean, the guy came in, a 4-2 guy, so hopefully he can stay healthy. Uh, you know, Tyler Eifert, hopefully they resign and hopefully they can, you know, he can stay healthy. So I'm excited because of uh, what they've been doing in camp. It's not like, okay, there's positive hype, but, you know, we haven't seen what they're doing. And of course, game situations are totally different. I totally understand that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, anytime you have that number of young guys, uh, again, it's a business move, but, you know, of course, down after a lot of years, when you have four or five guys like that, that hopefully will, will fill that spot or two across from A.J. Green, uh, there's going to be some excitement. And I think it's, it's warranted. It, uh, it's justified when you have those type of guys. And, uh, you know, so I'm excited about that. But, again, you can have Johnny Unitas at quarterback and Jim Brown at running back. <laughs> if you don't have those five guys up front, you know, just ask, uh, you know, that's Archie Manning. A lot of you people don't realize that Archie Manning, you know, the number three, number one pick of that family. Of course, Peggy is the guy, and then Eli. But just ask Archie Manning again, as talented as any quarterback when he was playing. But he was running around with the cast on his arm, and you know, didn't have an offensive line. The same thing as Barry Sanders. I mean, he did what he did without a great offensive line. So I really, and I had a chance to talk to these guys yesterday, and just kind of said, "Hey, we're we're big fans still. We're supporting you." But it starts and ends up front. I said, you have a lot of, just exactly what we're talking about. You have a lot of talented perimeter guys, quarterback, running backs. But we all know that it starts in the dance with you guys up front. It's time for you guys to dominate and set the tone and, uh, you know, defense and offensive line. So uh, that's what excites me because we do have some guys up there. We have a coach now that, you know, you see them work. And, and they're working every time, every minute they're out there. Very little rest, and that tells me he's excited about what he's teaching, and these guys are buying into it. So, Anthony, uh, you, you mentioned earlier that Bobby Hart has kind of um, he's kind of taken the lead a little bit at the right tackle spot, uh, and as the Bengals recently released their first depth chart, he's the starter at right tackle, and I think many many people thought either Jake Fisher and or Cedric Abwehi would kind of either mix and match or, you know, spot, and that hasn't seemed to happen. Are you surprised by that? And uh, personally, I'm not, because I saw the Bengals go after Hart pretty early this offseason, and, uh, you know, I think he's a guy that has positional flexibility, which they like, but 
I, I, I'm kind of, I thought they would give uh, maybe a little bit of preferential treatment to those high picks. And it sounds like Hart is at least for now winning that battle. Uh, are you surprised by that? Yeah, and uh, speaking of preseason and uh, the Bengals play this Thursday night they did for the first time in 2018, aside from obviously <laughs> no injuries, right, um, what are what are some of the things that you are looking for and or some of the players that you might be keeping a close eye on in that first game? I mean, I know things can get a little sloppy. It's the first time kind of doing some live work against another team, but, uh, you know, wh- who are you going to be kind of looking and as the Bengals take the field this week? Well, hopefully physically it's usually a little sloppy. Hopefully mentally it's not because you've had so much time, you know, you know going through this stuff. Uh, no question about it. Billy Price always looking for the number one guy to see uh, how he does. Uh, you know, Malik, uh, Malik uh, on the other side, Jefferson, the you know, linebacker from Texas. I, I think the guy that I'm really interested in seeing is uh, you know, Jesse Bates on defense, mm-hmm. you know, the, the big uh, safety. And of course, uh, Sam Hubbard, who just continues, you know, you come to the camp and you hear about just his work ethic, his smarts. But you watch him at, the, at Ohio State, he was always very consistent. So I'd say on defense, probably those three, you know, the number two and two, three guys, you know, Jefferson, Hubbard, and Bates on offense, it's got to be Billy Price. I'm interested, you know, I'm always interested to see the guy behind, like Gio Bernard and uh, Joe Mixon, guys like, you know, Mark Walton from here. You watch him out there in Miami, Florida. A big guy and a guy I've always loved watching run, and, you know, because you have guys like, you know, Jim Steele before, now Giovanni Bernard, Joe Mixon, it's Trey Carson from A&M. I mean, the guy always in preseason just grinds it out and is very, you know, is a, is a hard runner. So those are guys that, uh, of course, there's linemen that I'll be looking at, you know, the tackle position. But I'm looking at those young guys, you know, especially with, um, you know, I don't know 
I'm playing and they have uh, Jefferson outside, so I'd like to see. And they talk about how he can run and, you know, he's a thumper, you know. And so uh, I'm looking for those young guys. And you, know, those, you know, you know, the older guys aren't going to play a whole lot. So you know, you're watching yeah. the young guys to see who steps up. So, Anthony, my my family, truth be told, is from Southern California. My my dad is a giant USC fan, and uh, my brother has been a, a, a longtime Bengals fan, as have I. Um, they used to joke that my first name, Anthony, was because I was named after you. Um, but I, I can't I can't let you go without asking a little bit about your thoughts on USC this year. Um, I know they've kind of gone through some some transition as well. The Bengals did pick up an SC guy in Matt Barkley, but um, you know uh, they, they've gone through some transition, lost some big time players. Any any quick thoughts on how you think SC will be in twenty eighteen? Well, first of all, I really like uh, Clay Helton. I, I like the job he's doing there. Again, I think he's got some pretty good assistant coaches. Uh, I mean, here we're sitting again. They lose a, a pretty good quarterback, but now you're, you're going to have a quarterback that hasn't uh, either a real young guy or a guy that hasn't gotten a whole lot of playing time. So, you know, you're looking at the, the most important position on a football team, and you're going to have to start all over. I think uh, for me, it always, you know, the offensive line was the, the glaring spot last year that uh, needed improvement. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, our, our skill guys were pretty good. I thought the Defense is defensive. We need to have, uh, you know, get a couple stunned uh, defensive, uh, you know, linebacker and a defensive man. Well, we're going to have skill position. I like the running game. I like the young wide receivers. Uh, but I, once again, we're talking offensive line with the Bengals. I think it's the same thing for, for USC. I think the offensive line has to step it up. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, I was at the combo against Ohio State, and that was the one area where we could not handle them. We had wide receivers running open downfield through the hand time. I think we could have picked them apart. And uh, I felt bad for Donald because mm-hmm. he was getting abused the whole game. So, again, as I talked about USC, I want to see that offensive line step up and uh, you know, be more aggressive. And uh, not only on the run, but also the pass blocking. So, I, I always get excited, uh, regardless of what said about uh, my, my Trojans. Uh, I'm always there. <laughs> so, I've, I've been on the phone this morning. Uh, I think there's a couple already trips that my wife and I are planning to a couple games. So, I always try to go to one or two a year. And uh, you know, I had a chance to spend some time with Len Smart at Hall of Fame weekend. And uh, so, we, you know, we're always, we get together, we, we talk about the Hall, but we're talking USC football. And I'm kind of asking about spring practice now things are going. So, Again, I like what Clay Nelson's doing. I like his whole approach. I think he understands what USC football is all about. And uh, so I'm excited that for him and for what's going on at the program. I think I really believe we're over the hump with what, what we had to work through several years ago and uh, starting to move in the right direction. Yeah, my, my dad always said that you and Marcus Allen were his two favorite Trojans to ever play. So, um, wow. yeah, yeah. So you're, you're, you're high up on that list, my friend. Uh, before we get you out of here, um, before we get you out of here i know you do a ton of community work both in the local cincinnati area and i know living in southern california that you do a lot of stuff out uh in the inland empire area kind of out in this area um we'd love to hear more about that how our listeners can either donate get involved whatever you need for support we'd love to uh help help you out in that endeavor in that endeavor so uh let us know maybe what you guys have been doing and how we can help out well, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, that's a passion of mine. And I've been doing I've had a foundation in Cincinnati for 17 years, going on 18. Uh, we work from everything from, you know, elementary kids, mentoring through junior high and high school kids, leadership seminars, scholarships for seniors going to college. 
Um, you know, you're going to move us up mutually.org. That's our foundation here in Cincinnati. So I do a lot here with about seven programs. And then the last six years, seven years, we've been working with the NFL, and that's what we do a lot of uh, in the NFL cities, and that's what takes us to work with the Chargers and now in L.A. and the Rams. And I you know, continue to do some of my high school then in the Inland Empire, as you mentioned, Chase in high school. We do character camps where we teach a little football, but we work on character curriculum and uh, teamwork and leadership. But, you know, that's uh, more through the league. I have a you know, agency that we do that. Uh, we get support from all the NFL teams, but we actually come in and run them for the teams. And, uh, and then the third bucket, uh, with the expansion going on in the Hall of Fame, the big expansion going on there, we're doing more and more programs around the country. Uh, we have part of a Hall of Famer that we do with high school kids. I've been involved with Denise Williams, great defensive back, the pastor, Daryl Green. We have Daryl Green brought a program to the Hall of Fame. It's called Strong Youth, Strong Community. We've been to the East Coast, the West Coast, Everything in between. We're going to do three, uh, three events down in uh, Jacksonville, Orlando, and Fort Lauderdale in a couple of weeks. That uh, right there to Northridge and LA and you know Sacramento, out west, and like I said, east coast, the middle of the country. Uh, so you know anything that has to do with you trying to to really have an impact and give them tools to, to be successful, you'll find me there either with my foundation here in Cincinnati. Uh, nationally with our agency with the Hall of Fame. Uh, but, you know, here nationally, here in Cincinnati, it's MoonyusFoundation.org. Uh, like I said, uh, I am, I'm right in the office now. We're getting ready for our next event, the next way to raise money to impact young people. So, uh, other than that, there's uh, uh, not a whole lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's Anthony Munoz, the, the greatest Bengals player in their team history and greatest offensive tackle in NFL history. And uh, this time, the timing of our interview couldn't have been more perfect with just coming off of the Hall of Fame weekend and uh, the Bengals suiting up for their first preseason game. So thank you so much for the time. We, we'll we'll oh, try and... My, my pleasure. My pleasure. I've been sitting there reading and, uh, and putting my notes together for tomorrow night's uh, Bengals game. So uh, I'll give a big uh, who day and a big fight on. So I appreciate <laughs> being on with you talking about uh, the, the Bengals and and of course the work we do in the community not only here in Cincinnati but across the country well it's been our pleasure and you are uh, open invite anytime you want to come back on the show we'd love to we'd love to talk to you again especially maybe as the season progresses hopefully in the right way for the Cincinnati Bengals exactly exactly well thanks Anthony I appreciate it I love the name <laughs> uh, let's do it again let's do it again alright appreciate it sir okay bye bye that was Anthony Munoz, the Bengals Hall of Fame tackle on the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Uh, we had a number of, of people tuning in live, which is awesome. I know this is kind of right in the middle of a of the work day or what have you for uh, a number of you folks. So if you cannot, if you were not able to listen to this live, this will be able to be downloaded on uh, all of our channels, SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube. We'll also be putting it up on CincyJungle.com. Awesome, awesome interview, and to be honest with you, I tried not to go too fanboy on the guy, but uh, it's very hard being a Bengals and Trojans guy. It's just like, that's the guy, you know. But anyways, our thanks to Anthony Munoz. Go check out his foundation. Go check out everything they're doing. They do an, a lot of awesome stuff with the with the youth throughout the country, and um, a lot of it is in the greater Cincinnati area. Some of it is in the Southern California area. He mentioned that they do some national work as well, so check that out. Thanks for tuning in. We will be having a podcast tonight, 
probably at 8 p.m. Eastern, a little earlier, and we'll be ending a little earlier as well. Um, but this interview will be part of that podcast download as well. So um, enjoy it, check it out, and uh, thanks for thanks for tuning in. Our thanks to Mr. Munoz. Take it easy, guys. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.